recognize the session, the teachings, the situation is framed by a, a reflection and a sense of connection to an ongoing transmission over thousands of years. So when we practice, practicing bringing ourselves into line with the aspiration, the commitments, the realization of the, they call it the ongoing body or transmission of Dharma. And uh, this helps to create a certain sanctity, certain gravity, a certain um, connection that you can begin to sense and maybe develop and maybe get a feeling that this is something you can take with you as something that helps to counteract the flow of circumstances which are always washing over us, you know. Gathering together. How much calmer is in the room? <laughs> How much mind, spirit, heart is present this time? How much history? How much feeling? Gathering together. Mm, how much resolve, mm, sense of faith, I want to do something, I want to deepen myself, uh, discover, mm, steady, reveal. Mm. So every situation we need a, uh, a container, we have the walls of the building, we have the site here and also we uh, create a container for our energies, concerns, uh, um, you know, where we're going, what we're involving ourselves with and the aim of this container is uh, to allow ourselves to go deeper mm. Mm. so we this understanding mm, of the sensory world which we can see and think about and touch and so on which is pretty big and then we have the uh, world of the heart and spirit which is even bigger because uh, it's uh, it's measureless, really. Uh, how, how wide is loving kindness? Uh, how heavy is generosity? Uh, what's the span? Uh, so in making a sense, of just containing the sensory uh, activity and uh, interest. Simple, uh, and allowing this this changes our our intention, uh, motivation, 
our interest is able to more fully widen and deepen in terms of the boundless domain of the heart, spirit, citta. And just bearing in mind when we uh, uh, commit like this, we're lining ourselves up. We're forming alignment with all those who have practiced before us. Picking up those teachings, those experiences, those common threads of aspiration. Uh, and teachings that have been used, handled, massaged, you know, honed, tuned, <laughs> kept going for millennia. Uh, and with a sense that every one of us is a kind of uh, an addition to that stream. And we can add our voice, our heart, our inclinations to that so we are we are tomorrow's ancestors <laughs> the ancestors of tomorrow here we are the elders of our children you know, those who come after us and so there's a sense of a, uh, I think a joyful privilege and even a certain responsibility to carry this forward for our own welfare and the welfare of future generations. And you'll see this particular phrase being used in our, our daily recitations, our own welfare, welfare of future generations. And you might very well reflect on, on how important that uh, transmission is this time. So um, we're doing we're using this particular language versus reference. There's also this um, language, the Pali language, which is um, derived from ancient Indian um, dialects and um, used to uh, carry the Buddhist teaching. And it wasn't used for anything else. It's a kind of very pure language. It's not. You know, <laughs> you can't really swear in Pali. <laughs> you know, it's, the worst you can say is call somebody misguided. <laughs> so some of the some of the terms, some of the languages, sometimes a little bit difficult to really match to a to a contemporary language. Will will work on these ideas and terms, but just sort of sensing that, you know, when we, we chant, for example, just know that how many how many voices have, have moved, made those sounds move through their throats and minds, you know, how many other people right now are doing that same thing, you know, from all parts of the world, you know, and, you know, using terms like, you know, the welfare of, of, of humans, gods and humans, and uh, reverently I bow my head. <laughs> it's all commonly, common terms. Mm. So the language has a certain 
quality to it. Uh, you know. And we're using also the quality of the sound, which is steady, sonorous, and uh, um, you know, chanting using your whole body, chest, belly, throat, face, head, and bring yourself into it. Now this evening, as we're settling in, is to um, have the group sense of commitment coming together, and then the group commitment, and we're using this um, ethical form as a common denominator, what binds us all together. Mm, it's ethical, and this is uh, because, of course, ethical standards do go deep and do go wide. They have very wide consequences for ourselves and others, and they do go deep because they ask us constantly to check currents of aversion or greed or, you know, manipulation or carelessness to check any of these currents, these upcurrents that can come to be on guard against that, check that. And this is the foundation of a Dhamma practice um, and based on right view, which is the understanding that every movement of the mind, every movement of the heart has some kind of effect. Some of these are minor, a minor effect, every movement of the heart is a movement of, of inclination, what we incline towards has some sort of, it turns us to a certain direction, you know. And some of this is just distracted or, you know, uh, not very clear. Uh, and, but there are consequences. So let's just make sure we try to keep this, this theme of, of the quality of the intention, the heart, to be um, that which is non-abusive, non-harming, and aimed at uh, simplification, that is, not you know, keeping the sense interest, just that which is necessary in terms of food and drink and so forth. And even using silence to um, just uh, uh, give ourselves time to listen deeply to our own voices. Uh, and give people, other people, the opportunity to listen to them, themselves, uh, without being disturbed. Yeah. Uh, so this is a pretty, very standard feature of retreats, this sense of maintaining respectful silence. It's not a frozen silence or a hostile silence. It's a sense of uh, how much I quite like to... <laughs> talk to you and have a chat and enjoy your company, I'm going to offer you the chance to just, just go deeper, yeah, deeper into that, into where you're at now, because I'm going to come and go, you know, we're all going to move apart, but what's going to stay is in the basis of your own heart, so let's, let's really get down into that, yeah. Yeah. These precepts, um, uh, again, connect with the very ancient tradition, which is even pre-Buddhist, 
which is the uh, people would generally in those very ancient times people would um, didn't have calendars, didn't have clocks, uh, obviously didn't have Christmas, <laughs> holidays. All they had was the moon, you know, the full moon and the dark moon. Yeah. So that that was the kind of that's the time and the seasons: rain season, dry season, cold season. Yeah. And that that's what they had. So that's yeah. then yeah, there's no counting the years. Didn't have years. Just yeah. so the sense of but then what was guiding was this sense of the moon comes bright and shifts and goes dark. Amazing, you know, and very in a regular way. And seeing this scene as in a way a representation of birth coming into fullness and death going into darkness and then coming out going back into fullness and then dying away birth death birth death birth death and so that's that's run up there in the sky and so this is you know what's this moon telling us <laughs> we're also tuned into that cycles of birth and death so when the full moon shines, it's the time to really, you know, keep ourselves oriented to what's truly good. Just as if today is the first day we're born, let's get clear. And the dark, this is just if we're about to die, what would you carry with you? A lot of stuff just becomes irrelevant. What you carry with you is purity of heart. So these, these are kind of seen as indicators to keep that quality of purity being revised every every two weeks uh, so that was a that was a standard in those days mm. uh, and people then take the eight precepts and put aside worldly duties family responsibilities and just see if you're just born dying what's important now <laughs> And this is a pretty good uh, uh, perspective uh, to have uh, for a retreat. And so often we begin a retreat with this because we're really beginning to direct, put our lives under the um, span, birth, death. Whatever else is going to happen, we got born. Whoever we are, however we are, however old we are, healthy, young, and so forth, we're going to die. Yeah. And if we don't really bear that in mind, our life is always not properly centered. It's just swirling around. Yeah. So if someone understands or begins to remember and constantly recollect birth, death, is someone saying, okay, this is what's really essential, and how do I find a center, a steadiness within that turning of nature. Mm. Yeah. And of course, in our uh, ongoing practice understanding, we say, yeah, there is. Because we can, we, have, we can be aware of that, those changes. Mm. We can be aware of things coming into being and things passing away. And what's that? 
And when you open your attention to that kind of span, then a lot of details in life become sort of very secondary. You know, what the state of the garden, the price of bread, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if we remember we're going to leave this world, then we look at it with a clear eye and don't try to hold on to it. Mm. Yeah. And so within that, so one, one way of recognizing that steering, that steering center is to keep ethical so that we're not, we're generating uh, attention and intentions that will not leave harm in the world and not leave harm in ourselves. Yeah. And we'll not, uh, we'll not leave a stain and we will also bring forth our brightest and clearest uh, that will be for our welfare. Yeah. Because as the understanding is, with right view, that which you've fostered, the intentions you've generated, constantly remembered, gone back to, that's what stays there, the results of when everything else goes, when the senses die, when the sight goes, when the body can't manage it. What stays is that the results of one's actions. And you don't know that, do you? Because you're still alive. But you can say, well, maybe so, but right now, <laughs> also, Let's live in a way whereby we feel we've not been careless, we've been respectful, and we've brought up our brightest uh, sensitivity. <laughs>